Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart and Nick Fixie Stevens. I think the one word that a lot of people sat up when he said we're underdogs right now, he doesn't blow up the team, so he seems to believe there is a chance the team can make it, but there's kind of two sides of a coin there. You're calling team an underdog, saying you believe in it. I don't, I didn't, I don't like that term at all. I, I really didn't like that message. I don't agree with, I, I don't disagree with a lot of what he was saying about their approach, everything about building for the future, about having a good team and everything. But you simply cannot come out and say underdog, I think, because you have an American League. You're, you have the team in front of you. You're two games back in the lost column. You're seven games differential and run differential. You're seven games up in terms of teams. You're over 500, over 500 beating those teams, which Toronto, by the way, isn't. You're, it's two games. I mean, it's two games. So I, don't, I just don't know how you can say in this landscape you are as definitive underdog as, as sort of being portrayed. So, thank you very much, Rob Bradford, the great one and only Bradfo show from WEEI, WEI.com, and of course, the Baseball Isn't Boring initiative. Uh, I beg to disagree, or at least maybe we could start a side blog, Andy, called The Trade Deadline Is Boring, because it was ultimately in the end, as predicted by one and many, as hoped for by few, especially those inside the walls of Fenway Park, those inside the dugout and the locker room for the home team at Fenway Park. You can say inaction is action or not making a choice is making a choice. It's just making a choice to do nothing. And once again, we are without the exact words told it is a bridge year. We are given spoon-fed nonsense from Heim Bloom in his trade deadline presser. Ultimately, the Red Sox do a whole lot of nothing, acquiring unheard of pitchers, divesting themselves of the defensive nightmare that was Kike Hernandez, sadly, and acquiring light-hitting veteran defensive infielder Luis Urias, uh, 26 year older from the Milwaukee Brewers. He of the 145 batting average and negative 0.1 war. That's what Bloom chose to do at the trade deadline, folks. And we choose to deliver messages of frustration, anguish, and annoyance on this morning's Breaking Boston for Wednesday, August 2nd, 2023. Fitzy, heart, and a big wet fart from the Red Sox at the trade deadline. Fitzy, you know how they often say the cover-up is worse than the crime? 
in many oh, instances, especially a lot of these absolutely. like university scandals and whatever football team scandals. Well, I would argue that the press conference was worse than the inactivity at the trade deadline for Heim Bloom mm. because I thought he sucked yesterday. We didn't even get Remember, this is Boston, right? We're still the Boston mm-hmm. Red Sox. So trade mm-hmm. deadline, at the very least, we should be getting, oh, the Sox are in on this guy. The Sox are in on this guy. They've called about this guy. They've talked about. I mean, I guess we had some rumblings about Verdugo. There was a little bit. You're tr- but there was no, who are they going to get? There was none mm-hmm. of that. And then Heim Bloom came out and stumbled all over himself. I mean, mm-hmm. people latched onto the underdog thing, as they should have. But. There were so many mixed messages. There were so many pauses where it was like, oh, geez, I keep saying this. The the, the old Senate hearings, they tell you um, pause, sigh, deny, lie, like all these rules. Like that's what he the mode he was in. He was in oh. Capitol Hill. You're lying your ass off. You don't even know what to say kind of mode. And Fenway Phil, it was Fen, it was the Fenway filibuster. But he's not good at it. He's not good. No. At it. Like there's no. some people that can pull it off. Some politicians or sports heads can pull it off. He can't. He also can't pull off a trade deadline because for the second year in a, lo- in a row, he middled it. Okay, if you believe in this team, then invest in this team. Uh, although at one point he said, we're, we're, we're still investing in this team. Like, no, you're not. You didn't do anything. You got, a, you got a middle infielder who is barely in the major leagues. Yes, he hit 23 home runs a couple years ago, but that's certainly not who he essentially is. And when we get to the end of the year, Brad Foe's right. Mm-hmm. You're now, by the way, a game and a half behind the Blue Jays, who you have an upcoming series against after mm-hmm. having beaten them seven straight times this season. So seven. Let's see. You're seven and zero oh against them, and you only need to make up now one and a half games, huh? My math tells me you got a pretty good shot of catching them, and you're not the underdog that your GM says you are. While your players, all good ones, great ones, mm-hmm. Devers, Jensen, say, you know, we could use a little help down here because we could probably do something special, and then he does nothing. He doesn't because I was actually an advocate for selling. I think you could have sold me on, put your big balls on the table. Tell me you are preparing for 24 and 25. Unload a Duvall, a Chris Martin, whoever you can get prospects or future major leaguers for mm-hmm. and, and have some conviction in what you were doing. He just kind of sat there and said, yeah, I don't want to do that because you guys really aren't that good. You're underdogs. So I'm not going to invest in adding to you, but takes two to tango so i couldn't sell anybody for future successes i thought he has done a terrible job two years in a row of not doing anything and then not being explained being able to explain why he didn't do anything well i'm sorry that you didn't like what i did at the trade deadline andy you know you uh, we're, we're underdogs in this and we we uh we we believe in the major leaguers we have, and uh, I'd like to remind everyone mm-hmm. again: reinforcements are coming. So, oh, are they? Oh, that's uh, right, Chris Sale. Oh, that's right, Trevor oh, Mister Dependable Chris Sale, and of course Tanner Houck, who we haven't seen pitch since the poor guy who was on a heater at the moment and really rounding into the quality starter we had hoped he'd become, took a hundred and five mile an hour exit velocity liner to the face that required surgery and the placement of a metal plate in his cheekbone. We don't know that he's going to be able to pitch to the same degree that he did before. I, I can't count on that because for all we know, he may st- he may be hesitant on the mound. He's got the physical tools, but we, and also Trevor Story. Oh, great. He hits a bomb one night, and then the next night he gets the golden sombrero. Maybe the defense will be a little bit better. Uh, but all these guys, you can't depend on them immediately coming in and being the impact players he envisions him as, and I'll tell you, now I know why Sam Kennedy 
is the one who appears on Thursdays on the Greg Hill show. Now I know why they try to trot out Sam Kennedy more often than Heim Bloom, because that guy could talk his way out of a paper bag, out of a corner, out of a boat in shark infested open water. Like he is, that's what, that's truly one of his God gifted skills. Whereas Heim Bloom is a behind the, he sinks. He's just not good at it. Let's just be completely honest. He sucks at it. We all need to know our limitations and maybe he's great. I mean, we'll see. Maybe he's great at analyzing his spreadsheets and his scouting reports and his wars and his projections on a single A player. Like, you know, he's not supposed to give the tour of the factory. He's one of the nerds behind the scenes working there that we say, oh, there's Heim Bloom. He's one of our great analysts. Say hi. Hi, hi, everybody. Uh, Do you want to hear? No, we don't need to talk to you. Thank you very much. Heim. get back to. And as I like to say, correct me if I'm wrong. But is there this rule at the major league trade deadline that if you have players coming off of injury, you're mm-hmm. not allowed to also make trades to double up on your improvements to the roster? Because God forbid you add a pitcher and then say, well, and we may also get Chris Sale and Tanner Howe. God forbid you do both. Nope. Can't find it. Uh, no, there's no rule. Rule there's dot no seven rule dot that says you're not allowed to both. Four welcome players back as well as deal away players or deal for more players. Right. In fact, you could be like one of the many other teams in the American league who saw your inactivity uh, and decided, Hey, we'll seize upon that. And we'll try to go for it. Like everybody AL West, which chose chaos this week. And I'm, as I often like to say here for it, for example, the Astros traded back for old pal, Justin Verlander. And in the process made the Mets pay half of his excessive inflated, ridiculous salary. You could be the Rangers who get Jordan Montgomery from the Cardinals, who you were once linked to. Even if he's a middling four ERA starter, he was six and nine. Nice. When he came over from the Cardinals. Great. That'll be just, that'll be just fine. That, we, I'd welcome him. He would immediately be the third best starter on the Red Sox because they only have had two healthy ones right now. And they are. Uh, and let's see. Oh, and the Angels traded for everyone else that was available. Uh, they get C.J. Crone from the Colorado Rockies. They get uh, Giolito from the White Sox. They made moves to say, we're going to do everything we can to not only hold on to Shohei Otani or try to show him this fancy thing that we've not been able to since he came over from Japan, and that would be the playoffs. And Heim Bloom basically said, uh, in almost Belichickian fashion, like, ah, if you guys keep playing well, maybe you'll make the playoffs. Great. Boy, rally around the troops. There you go, Kenley. You're welcome, Rafi. And and poor Alex Cora is left to just sit there, you know, with the bag in his hands last night, talking to Will Fleming, trying to, like, make it sound semi-positive or not come out and completely just F-bomb his president of baseball operations before the broadcast. And good. Maybe the Red Sox won last night because they were pissed off. Now, they're a better team than Seattle as well, even though their records are almost commensurate to one another. But maybe they'll play pissed off for a while. Maybe they'll be so angry that their chief baseball operations fellow did nothing for them, did not deliver the reinforcements. You know, I always tie everything back to an 80s movie, Andy. I felt like the Red Sox were, you remember Rambo, First Blood Part Two? Yeah. I remember the scene where he goes into Nam and rescues the POWs, and then he's on the hill waving for the helicopter to come down like, come on, come on, and the helicopter looks at him and then flies away because Rambo was never supposed to actually find someone. Yeah, Bloom was the guy in the helicopter. He was Murdoch flying away, and there are the Red Sox. They're not supposed to be this good, and so he flew away and was not able to deliver the reinforcements because they're not supposed to be this good. I hope 
Raffi Devers gets on the phone and goes, hey, Bloom, I'm coming to get you. Because they he absolutely screwed this team. And today will be the fascinating day because I believe he, I mean, he claimed he was flying out there to address the team. And <laughs> I would pay, as they say, to be a fly right. on the wall in that clubhouse because he can't answer the media. How's he going to answer Rafi Devers and Kenley Jansen and all the Alex Cora and these guys that this is their livelihood. This is their careers, some of them, late in their career, maybe their last run at postseason. And there is, save for a World Series win, there is no way to not blame Bloom because if they make the playoffs but lose, mm -hmm. okay, well, what if you had added to this team? Could they have won that series? If they mm -hmm. come up like a game shy where they are right now, let's say they come up 1.5 games shy of the playoffs. Oh, I don't know. Maybe the underdog would have been the favorite had you added a starter or anything to the roster. there. And if they fall apart right now, you know what you can blame? Bloom. You know why? Because mm -hmm. he just said, yeah, we're really confident we're going to be good in 2024 and beyond. Oh, 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 that's great. H Trouble? Hey, president of basketball, uh, baseball operations, just want to let you know we're playing the 2023 season right now. And, you know, as Fox would say, this time it matters to me anyway, because I'm going out there every night and putting my body on the line. It's not football, mm -hmm. but I am. I'm going through the freaking torture test of a marathon that's a major league season. And you just told me, well, you guys are underdogs, so you have your little fun, but I'm really thinking about the future. This is this is an embarrassment in any place, but it's a, a an even greater embarrassment in Boston. And you brought up Belichick. Mm -hmm. I think there's mm -hmm. a little Belichicky in here where value Bloom puts a value on Turner yeah. or Duvall or whoever, and when nobody would meet his value, he goes, "Oh, it takes two to tango. I can't do that." You know the difference between Bill Belichick and Heim Bloom? Success. Bill Belichick mm -hmm. is living off of past success. Heim Bloom has never succeeded, ever, anywhere. He's never nope. been the man, done the job, earned the right to do it his way, and everybody to go, well, I don't agree with it, but you got to go with the guy that succeeded. That's Belichick. Bloom has done nothing, and I'm starting to believe he's never going to do anything. Like, it's the wrong guy for the job that he is. He should be a second in charge or a third in charge, like – doing his spreadsheets, banging away on his laptop, advising somebody who's capable of making tough decisions and then explaining why he made said tough decisions. Because based on the last couple of years, Heim Bloom is not capable of making tough decisions and then explaining why he did or did not make specific tough decisions. Uh, just because someone would be a great addition doesn't mean the trade it would take to acquire him is a good trade. No, sometimes you can actually lose the trade, but win the deal because the deal may help you get to the playoffs. The deal may ultimately make you a better team. The deal may satisfy your fans, satisfy the players in the locker room. That's why yesterday on Breaking Boston, I was quoting from Brad Foe's piece about Heim Bloom needs to be careful here and read the room. He misread the room horribly. We were on the phone constantly today. We really like what we're building. We've seen it now. Understanding we're underdogs. We just try to stay true to that. Please. Nobody wants to nobody wants to hear it. You got guys like across the street, Maz saying, I walked away from today saying he's not a big market general manager. He's not, not wrong. No, he's I don't, right. I don't, I don't dis not. disagree with him at all. I'm not sure he's How a general manager at all. Never mind big market, but he's definitely and, not big market. Bill Sparrows, the real OBF uh, today in the Boston Herald. The Red Sox were 56 and 50 before Tuesday's game. That's right. The same number of wins they had when they traded Nomar in 2004. The difference is back then, John Henry actually gave a damn. There you go, Sox fans. Oh. oh. How about that? Oh, exactly. Or the difference is back then they had a general manager, head of baseball operations, who 
had balls, was hungry, had a vision, yeah. wanted to mm -hmm. win, was aggressive. Mm -hmm. Like, and I know he'll, you didn't have to give the Houston Astros to get Verlander gave up their first and fourth prospect, I believe. I wasn't mm -hmm. looking for that. Don't trade Marcelo Mayer. Like, you can have your focus nope. on the long term and the foundation. Don't not tell Rafael, me you had nobody Jordan. to. Nope. I, I brought this up with Rich Keefe last night on WEEI. Remember when we were just talking about, I believe his first name is Pete, Pete Blackburn, the starter for the A's? You're just like, we'll add an arm. It won't take much to get him. Add an arm because we need a starter. We need an arm. Even little moves like that, you could have talked to Paul Blackburn. Paul Pete. Producer note that John. Pete Blackburn's the, uh, the hockey guy. Uh, he's, the, he's the hockey oh, guy. Yeah, it's I was Paul called. Blackburn. Okay, yeah. Paul Blackburn. Starts with a P. It's got four. <laughs> All right, letters. producer. Pipe down. Close enough. You and your, Stay you the and your hell facts. out of my podcast, Cope. But at least it was but at least it was someone, right? Oh, we got your right. Yeah, sure. I'm sure Urias is going to hit all the game-winning home runs and save us from the I'm not. Yu Chang defensive woe field. I I don't even I can't I can't I can't I'm not going to sit here and try to convince myself that he's going to be the Hansel Robles of the infield this year. Come in, you know, having been purchased from the discount discard bin and make massive contributions. One and all are disappointed in the inactivity of the Red Sox at the trade deadline, and now we get to pretend that we're cheering for 187 million dollar underdogs. Uh, producer Cooper Leonard promised us a little treat on the way out the door. Uh, that's our grouse fest for today's Breaking Boston. You can follow us at FitzyGFY, at Jumbo Heart, each and every day, a quick hot cup of sports. We try to fill up the cup and let you know what's going on with the info, news, analysis, and more that is setting the tone for the greatest sports city in the world. Coop, what do you got? Plus, anytime you have a, a franchise player, has been since the first day he joined Boston, drafted by the Red Sox up through the minor league. Oh no! No, don't, don't. I don't. I don't need, I don't need the audio of the Nomar trade deadline. No, no one wants that. No, cool. No, son of a bitch. Why would you dare? He's the absolute worst. All right, I apologize, audience. While we're down, a little youngster just trying to boomer troll us with the audio. I know. Listen, that. Things turned around back hey, then. Hey, good memories, though. Yeah. That's a good GM right there. Yeah, that's, that's, true. That, that's a man with balls, conviction, and a plan. Exactly. Freaking Bloom doesn't have. All right. For balls, he's conviction. I'm plan. This has been Breaking Boston. We'll talk to you tomorrow.